Oh, are we on? Oh, supposed to be on the camera at eight o'clock. Okay, well, yeah. the heck with it. Welcome back to the Historical Light Masonic Podcast. I'm not Alex Powers. I'm Darren Kellerman. We have got a great episode lined up for you tonight. I have two fantastic guests from the grand jurisdiction of Kansas. No Alex, no Robert tonight. Great show lined up for you. We will be back right after this. Welcome back to the Historical Light Masonic Podcast, dedicated to illuminate our past and bring our Masonic history to light since 2016. Enjoy the show. And we're back. Thank you for joining us on Historical Light Masonic Podcast. Again, my name is Darren Kellerman. And thanks for joining us on this Friday night at the Passover season. And, you know, it is great to be here with these two guys. I've known them for quite a while. They let me choose my guests, and I couldn't ask for better guys. But first off, I am Darren Kellerman. I am a past master of Delphi and Alonja Garnett. Uh, past Grand Master of Kansas, current Secretary of a couple lodges, but a lot of you already know me. But let's get to know these two guys. Uh, let me introduce them, then they'll give us their biography. First off is Right Worshipful Jeffrey Boykin Sr. He is the I'm sorry, the Deputy Grand Master of the Most Worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Kansas, and Right Worshipful Johnny Eaves, the Senior Grand Warden of the Most Worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Kansas. Brothers, welcome to the show. Uh, Brother Jeffrey, please give us your biography. I'm Jeff Boykin. I am, uh, I've been held out of Whittlesons Lodge number 17, Kansas City, Kansas. I'm also a past master out of Whittlesons Lodge number 17. Um, I, uh, I have um, traveled through the Grand Orator, which at one point in time was the right worshipful. And also traveled through Right Worshipful Lecture, then Junior Warden, Senior Warden. Now I'm sitting as the Deputy Grand Master of the Most Worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Kansas. Thank you, Brother Johnny. Hello, my name is Johnny Eaves, and I currently serve as the Right Worshipful Senior Grand Warden for the Most Worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge of the State of Kansas and its jurisdiction where the Honorable Terry L. Windbush serve as the most worshipful Grand Master. A little bit about me. So I started the Masonic journey way back in 1988. I uh, traveled through several different jurisdictions, ended up here in Kansas by way of the military. I served 23 years in the military and this is the place I chose to retire. Uh, I've been here off and on in Kansas since 1995. Um, just like the Right Worshipful Deputy Grand Master, I've served in several different capacities uh, within the Grand Lodge, starting with the uh, Worshipful uh, Senior Deacon, Worshipful Junior Deacon, then uh, went on to be the 
uh, right worshipful grand orator, grand lecturer, grand junior warden, and I currently serve as the right worshipful senior grand warden. Good evening. Good evening, and thank you. We'll be right back in just a moment with some of tonight's topics, but first, I've got to do some business for Alex here, so excuse me, brothers, while I do that. This is a viewer-supported show, so I want to encourage everybody to join in, join me in being a Patreon supporter. You can do that for Historical Light uh, at historicallight.com backslash support. And what's really cool, and Alex loves it, if you, you donate or support at a level that's very unique, something like you know, $30.57 or $13.57, something that's a Masonic number. He likes that a lot. But this show has been going since 2016. We want to continue to grow the show and get better and better. And if you're listening to us live on YouTube or Facebook, thank you. If you're on the rewatch, we appreciate that. We're also on your favorite uh, podcast where you get that on uh, iTunes or Spotify. And also do not forget... Historical Light and HL Media is hosting the 2022 MasonicCon Kansas coming up in the metro Kansas City area on August 27, 2022, bringing in a ton of top-notch speakers, and they're bringing in Alex as well, and then Robert, our other co-host of Historical Light. There's going to be a lot of, of very educational topics. There is going to be a festive board afterwards. There are only 35 full tickets left for that. So if you want to go there, MasonicConKansas. Well, I've lost my thing. MasonicCon.Kansas. There'll be a link in the description for this. So there's that. Alex is just so happy that I'm butchering all of his stuff tonight. Isn't that nice? You know? So, brothers, again, welcome. And for those watching uh, and listening, I just want to give a little background to what's happened to get us three here together. Alex and Robert had prior engagements, so they asked me to guest host. So thank you very much for that. But my initial choice, guys, was uh, Grandmaster Most Watchful Terry Winbush. And I've known the Grandmaster for many years. And he quickly uh, found that he had some other <laughs> obligations and threw you guys under the bus. And <laughs> which is only appropriate because as Grandmaster Winbush was coming up the line, I had asked him to be a guest speaker at the Midwest Conference of Grand Lodges. And Grandmaster Coleman uh, quickly threw, I believe he was then the Grand Senior Warden, uh, Terry Winbush under the bus to make that presentation for him. So <laughs> Prince Hall Grandmaster tradition is to have a family event and assist his up and coming officers uh, with public speaking. So, and I appreciate you guys coming on. Further backstory for everybody watching and listening, when I spoke with Jeffrey and Johnny, they tell me we've never done a podcast before. So this is their first time, and guys, you're already doing great. And it is three bald guys and a little Freemasonry. <laughs> and there is a lot going on in Kansas. Uh, actually, there always has been. And this week, we've seen some great things across our country. Uh, in Georgia, we just saw uh, mutual recognition between the two Grand Lodges there. What are your thoughts on that? I got a this chance to observe it. I, I, I guess it's on me. I got a chance to observe it. I'm actually Facebook friends with the uh, most worshipful Grand Master of Georgia. And I thought that was a moving ceremony. Um, 
I know we had uh, mutual recognition some years ago, and uh, I don't think we went to that level of detail to uh, to to ensure that everybody understood what was happening. That ceremony was awesome. I can't say enough about it. My hat's off to that both grandmasters. Uh, that's been long overdue, very long overdue. Deputy Grandmaster, your thoughts? My thoughts on that. Um, it, it was very good to see uh, both lodges coming together uh, for the South to join hands with each other. is is very is very good and very enlightening. So hopefully the South will come come through like the rest of us is coming through. And it, it dawns on me as as we start speaking, I probably should make the disclaimer of. Uh, the opinions that we give tonight are our own and not necessarily representing the Grand Lodges that we belong to. So I don't want anybody to think that what we're speaking uh, is representative of the Grand Lodge of Kansas, AF and AM, or of the Most Wishful Prince Hall Grand Lodge. These are our own opinions. So just right. to keep us out of trouble with our Grand Masters. Absolutely. Uh, um, so it was, it's, it's so wonderful. I know we have a few Grand Jurisdictions left that do not recognize each other. Uh, here in Kansas, we have recognized each other since 1998 but i know that it started a little bit before that here in kansas but the amazing part to me as i looked at it was we had the first meeting between our grand lodges was in 1997 and then our compact was signed in 1998 just like that the work i know behind the scenes was incredible and what I think happened in, in Georgia is great. I think Kansas did it one better. And of course, I would agree. We didn't probably make the big, of course, social media wasn't a thing, but we did it all in one shot. We recognized each other. We allowed uh, dual membership and visitation all in one shot. And I think that is just wonderful. And a lot of people don't realize that about Kansas that we are a true brotherhood here, even though we share, share almost the same jurisdictional boundaries. That is true. Um, you know, on certain uh, websites I see out there, you know, we have brothers within the, the, the state of Kansas that recognize that we are like one brotherhood. And when, when, when AF&M call on us, the Prince Hall brothers, we show up or we try to show up and we just make make that brotherhood connection, you know, uh, like family. So, Jeffrey, what was your first experience with the AF and AM uh, Masons, the working together, or just even interacting with them? My first experience with um, AF and AM was we did a, a rededication of the Washington High School cornerstone on uh, 78th and Leavenworth Road here in Kansas City, Kansas. That was my first in, um, uh, action with, with uh, every, you know, us us guys. And I wasn't part of the ceremony. So I walked up in there with my apron on and my work uniform. I was the only one out of everyone wasn't masonically dressed. But I was well well received from the, um, the this Kansas school board because they know I was in uniform with the school district and I was had a Mason uniform on. So it, it went off very good and it, it was, it was very good overall. Brother Johnny, what was your first experience? 
Uh, so as I was saying in my introduction, I have belonged to several different jurisdictions. And uh, uh, along the way, I have seen some interactions. But as it relates to Kansas, uh, I would say my first uh, interaction with uh, the entire body would be that uh, uh, dedication that we did at the Capitol. Now, we've had some meetings prior to that, but the dedication at that Capitol uh, was a big thing for me. Uh, uh, just to look out and see uh, brothers from both sides, from Prince Hall as well as the AF and AM, uh, that was a moving, moving experience for me. Uh, I come from a small place in Alabama, and uh, that place, uh, I'm not for sure if Alabama has even reached out to try to do the same thing, but uh, Kansas is it, just we're leading the way and those things that we did when I first got here, especially the Capitol ceremony, man, that's just to be emulated by the rest of the body. Awesome ceremony, awesome experience. I'll never forget it. It, it was, um, for me, I'd had some, when I got appointed to the grand line, uh, the Grand Lodge officers were, they had, were having one or two picnics or joint meetings a year. And I can tell you, I was scared to death because I was, I had, I had no clue what I was doing, let alone be invited to these. And it turns out it's just a picnic. And uh, the Prince Hall brothers are just like me. And I remember going through the chow line and the guy holding open the cooler was past Grandmaster Roy Altaus. And, uh, of course, I'm just in awe, and he's like, are you going to take a water or not? And I'm just, I mean, this is a past grandmaster talking to little old me. <laughs> and uh, so I was very impressed uh, yeah. from the start with the way, and I don't know what else I was expecting. I mean, just all the drama everywhere else, and then you come here, and it's it's a family picnic, and it's always been that way. Yeah. Um, there... I, go ahead. I apologize to interrupt you, but I, I just thought about an experience that I had uh, with uh, Union 7 Lodge in Junction City. Um, they allowed us to utilize their uh, building for a third degree ceremony. And uh, a lot of their membership uh, attended the ceremony that we had. I think we had about uh, four, maybe five uh, brothers that we were raising to the third degree. And uh, it was a very funny when we got to the confusion piece of the ceremony, most of the guys from the AF and AM kind of ran over to the corner like, you know, it was like, they was like, what's going on, you know? So I think at that moment they realized that our ceremonies are not quite the same. <laughs> well, <laughs> funny. well, and I'm going to blame that on the fact that the Prince Hall lineage comes from Ohio and ours comes from Missouri. And we know how Missouri is a little screwy. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I, I do want to come back and delve into uh, that capital dedication because I think that was a, a shining moment for Freemasonry across the country. Yes, sir. But, Jeffrey, could, could you just tell me, uh, do you have any other family in Masonry? And 
and what made you decide to join the craft? Just so we can all have a little bit of basis of where we come from. Oh, I got a story for you. Uh, me, me as um, coming up, I was about 35 years old and I was looking to get into a certain organization, but I didn't know masonry was on my heart, but I was just checking throughout the community on um, different organizations. And, um, and I had ran across uh, masonry. So I was trying to ask a few brothers around what's going on with the Masonic order What's this G mean and this square and compass? And nobody will give me no information. So um, one of my lodge brothers, oh, well, one of my friends was Chris Blarock. At the time, he was a, a past master out of Widow Sons. And, you know, he's my friend. We grew up, went to a junior high school together, high school together. We was good friends. So I, I went across Chris and Chris said, hey, um, you want to know about Mace? He said, come on, um, past grand, well, with past master at the time, but uh, Frank Lavender, we having to get get together at Frank's place. He said, "Come on out, see how many masons you know." So I went on out to Frank's house and, uh, excuse me, Frank's ranch, and almost everyone there I went to school with. I'm like, wow. I'm like, it was just everybody. Even even the, the high school I did in um uh, that that was opponents of, they was a member of of the Masonic Order. Oh, so I'm like, I got to get in this. I got to get in this. So I went ahead and petitioned uh, the lodge back in 2007. So wow. I became a master mason in 2008. So, um, and by the way, um, April 27th, 2022, I'll have 20 years of service in. So it'd be wow. my 20 year anniversary uh, in about two weeks. And um, so we went ahead and joined masonry. So I'm excited. I didn't tell my parents anything about it. So I got finished, got my third degree. It was on that Saturday. Called my dad on Sunday. Hey, dad, guess what? I joined masonry. He's like, what? He said, your uncle's a mason. Your cousin's a mason. He started running down all these relatives of mine. I did not know. I'm like, wow. So it was, I, I, when I put on my petition, I have no one in my family's a mason. I have about 10 people or 10 family members are in the Masonic order. I didn't know at the time. So that's, that's my little story on uh, how, you know, how I became a Mason. It is, it's, it's interesting. It's funny to me. That, that is amazing. And uh, I would, it's interesting because my, the very first Prince Hall Mason I ever met that I'm aware of was Grandmaster Lavender. I was, again, this was early in that year. I was grand steward, uh, senior steward. And I'm in a receiving line, uh, scared to death. And here comes this tall, just gaunt looking man dressed to the nines. I mean, you could run me through the car wash and I wouldn't look as good as this guy did. And he comes down and just shakes my hand and, and gives me these honors. It's just... I'm just a grand senior steward. And he explains to me how big of an honor it is to represent the craft. And just, that was my, just so impressive to me. So impressive. Uh, Brother Johnny, uh, any family in, in Freemasonry and what got you into it? Well, uh, what got me into the Masonic order was I was a, probably around uh, 15, 16 years old. And I recognize, uh, 
an emblem on the back of one of the people in my neighborhood's car. And I kind of went up to him and asked him what it was. And he told me, he says, young man, you're, you're, you're too young to uh, know about uh, these things. And uh, that kind of left a stain on my brain, right? So after that, I went on and joined the Army a few years later. And uh, a guy that I was coaching basketball came up to me and, and, and shared with me that he was having a, an event this weekend, that weekend, and uh, he invited me out. I went out with him, and it was a bunch of guys. They were doing a car wash, uh, a fundraiser. And I jumped right in and helped him out and because he was my buddy. And I uh, kind of liked the atmosphere. And, and uh, several weeks later, he, he offered me a petition. And uh, I finally realized I put two and two together that uh, that emblem on the back of that car was this organization. And so um, I, I went through back in 1988. Uh, that was a few years ago. I got raised in the Texas jurisdiction and uh, under worship master uh, uh, Heather Seawood. I'll never forget him. He was a very old man sitting up in a chair. It looks like he was pretty much asleep, but he didn't miss a beat. I'll tell you that. And uh, very good guy. And uh, I went on. And and uh, this year, uh, my brother, youngest brother, uh, matter of fact, last week was his second degree. He's the first one in my family that I know of. Uh, to become a Mason. And he decided to do that after I made a visit last year. Uh, they did a public ceremony and invited me there. And my brother observed the respect and, and, and the, you know, the way that they received me. And he told me, he says, man, I got to be a part of that. And so he decided this year uh, that he would become a Mason. And so he's the first one. Wow. Yep. That, that is just amazing. Thank you guys for sharing that. Yep. I know so many people have stories very similar to that, but man, those are very, very powerful stories to me. Yes, sir. Um, we, I think you both touched on our, the, the capital dedication that occurred back in 2016. And a lot of people talk about that moment and, about how that moment uh, just made him made him feel, and just very proud. And for me, I, I have those same exact feelings, uh, maybe from a little bit different perspective. But to me, I, I always say, you know, it was amazing to me having all the Masons of Kansas standing together on the steps of our Capitol building in the middle of the country at noon and professing, you know, our love for each other and just doing what we do and not embarrassed about it. We invited the media. And what I recall during the whole planning of the thing there, I mean, peace and harmony prevailed. Not that I expected anything different, but I expected there to be some uh, diversion points or something. And there never was. Uh, 
do you guys have any thoughts about that that event or the lead up to it because you both were intricately involved in that johnny yeah. you especially look looking at your um your 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 picture here on uh on my screen above your right and left shoulder is a picture of the event so it looks like a whole bunch of ants but it was, it was all of us yeah. so um if for the viewers out there if you can just look i'm right there in the middle i'm right there <laughs> the guy with the white yeah i'm right there i was there that's you <laughs> So hey, uh, uh, deputy, I, I can see you. You can see me, yes. And you right there by me. I see you. Yeah. What you have on that, Johnny? So um, that that the planning piece was was very detailed. Um, a lot of moving pieces. I remember working with the past grandmaster Tracy Bloom, uh, going over to. Um, AF and AM's Grand uh, Lodge headquarters, sitting down with him, planning out some things and walking across the street to the Capitol, uh, meeting with some people in the Capitol and, and they're looking at us like, you guys are going to do what? You know, and so uh, once it was explained to them, uh, they jumped on board with us, gave us all the support that we needed to, to, to get it done. I mean, it was a lot of detailed work behind the scene to get that thing done, man. And to see it go from a planning phase to execution, man, uh, I don't think there's anything that can top it. I I, I would agree. Um, I watch a lot of different, we all do, the people watching and listening. We've all seen different joint events. And what strikes me, that that ours was different was most jurisdictions they have AF and AM on one side, F and AM or Prince Hall on the other side. Two lines, very distinct. Grand jurisdictions are separated. You're not so much with us at all. And the picture that I love, I'm getting goosebumps as I talk to you. The picture I love the most is the picture of us all standing there, uh, the two grandmasters on the top of the dais and the grand officers on the steps down and you can't tell who belongs to what jurisdiction at all because it's every other one and for me i had a moment of panic of how's that work because i'm still in that novice role of i can't be giving orders to a prince hall brother that's just doesn't work right and and it might have been you, Jeffrey. I, I don't remember. It's, it's my I was my mind is just so. But it, the answer was is like most wishful. We're all brothers. You're the Grand Master. And it just really set me on a different path then, because there was no. You're not my Grand Master. That's my Grand Master. It's you're the Grand Master, and Larry Coleman was the Grand Master, and there was no superior rank there. We were there to do business. Yeah, you know, every now and again, I go to YouTube, and uh, uh, if you, if, if anybody want to look up uh, 2016 Kansas Masonic Cornerstone Rededication on YouTube, I, I go by and look at it every so often just to see when uh, you kind of messed me up there, uh, Darren. You, you remember that? I do. <laughs> I, I do very much. We was having a good time. 
it was a crazy good time. Um, it's weird. I mean, I was, I don't know. It's, to be a part of something that so many people consider to be a, a big thing. And uh, Johnny, I know you, you made so many trips over that capital. Oh my and, God. Uh, so here, here's a, here's a behind the scenes stories for everybody that there's probably only three people that know, well, four, uh, know until now. Uh, we were so good in the planning and we're getting down to, we're a day out and we'd had some plans for the symbolic <laughs> cornerstone and stuff. And then the day before we realized we don't have a cornerstone to, uh, to pour that corn wine oil on. So, uh, most wishful Coleman, I, I believe, made the call to Johnny, or maybe it was Tracy that made the call. Tracy Bloom, the grand secretary, made the call to Johnny and said, hey, uh, we need a stone. And all I know is when we walked up those steps, there was a cornerstone in the perfect proportion. So, brother, I, not asking your secrets, but well done under pressure. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do, sir. It becomes a norm in Prince Hall. You know, I, I I presume the next day when you're up there, I think you were pouring that was it the wine you were pouring on that stone. Uh, I presume you're going. That's damn right. That's I did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing that I remember is uh, our grand marshal, uh, Jose Marrero. He's a drill sergeant. He is precision, just precision, and he had everybody lined up. Unfortunately, uh, the Prince Hall Grand Marshal was also military, but he has flair, and his name escapes me at the moment. Uh, Gary Gary Washington. Gary Washington. I always forget yes, his first name. And again, if you can wa see the pictures or watch the video, I, it's amazing. And in that picture, there. The Grand Master just put him right between us because he made that thing pop. And it was just so damn impressive. I mean, everything that happened, I, I had nothing to do with it. And neither did Grandmaster Coleman. You guys and the almost a thousand people that were there made that happen. Grandmaster Coleman and I just were fortunate enough to be standing there so we could look down and see everybody. We had a very unique view. We didn't do squat. You guys made that happen i mean the brothers of kansas masonry made that happen you're giving us much too much credit you know no. it, was, it was um it was uh, it was it was hand in hand you know um we couldn't do it without y'all and it just it worked out everybody worked together behind the scenes and in front of the scenes it was just and i hear so many guys saying oh, that was such an event and it really changed my outlook yeah we did that we did uh, we did that and to hear those brothers down in Georgia being so proud this week of, yeah, we did that, finally. I am so glad that the guys before us did that. Did that. Yep. Yeah. The only difference between our Grand Lodges is my math shows 18 years. Uh, the AF and AM Grand Lodge started in 1856. Prince Hall Grand Lodge, 1875. We're not that far apart. Yep. Uh, and I know some people have questions because there's got to be a difference there's got to be a difference between us um yeah th there are but there you guys come from ohio we come from missouri again but 
just so people can clear, 18-year-old to be a Mason? For yes. Put a petition in? Okay. Yes. Uh, Got to be a male? Got to be a male. Um, so far, no women allowed. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. I know some pl- co-masonry, I guess, is okay, but uh, it's a fraternity. So, uh, a belief in a deity. Yes, sir. So, I know in some places that's it's a point of contention. So, while here in North America, I think many uh, are Christian. Uh, we accept other religions. We do. Okay. Uh, have you had that come up yet where the old guys get really wound up if you have a brother of another religion join that's not any of the Christian religions? We have um in our jurisdiction, we have not had that uh that problem at all. Uh <laughs> nowhere close so far. That is great because we've had and again, predominantly when it happens that I've seen or been around, it's some of the older members. And if we have uh just because this one hasn't happened, say a Buddhist join, for, um, and we put that book of his faith on the altar, it becomes a panic because the Holy Bible gets moved to the side so that brother could take his obligation on his holy book. And to me, that just makes plain sense. Why would you you take an obligation uh, on a book of faith that's not yours? It just makes sense to me. Uh when a petition is being voted on, is it a to get into the fraternity? Does it have to be a unanimous vote, or can a black ball take him out? A black ball would uh, take him out. It's, it's got to be un- unanimous because um, it's, it's, it's black. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I agree. In some jurisdictions, it, it takes two black balls to get him out. But uh, again, Similarity, just one here, and you're out. Um, once a brother gets in, gets his first degree, is there a, a anything he has to do before he progresses to the second? Is there a, a mandatory waiting period, or does he have proficiency he has to, to give back or anything? Brother Easy, want to answer that one? Normally, the, the standard is a 30-day period. They come back, they do a proficiency before the lodge. If he passes the proficiency, then he can move on to the next degree. If he does not pass the proficiency, uh, then uh, he's pushed back until such time that he's uh, able to pass it. And that's that's the norm, Uh, but there are some cases where there are exceptions. You know, and Certainly. just given the situation, we have to uh, uh, give give that determination uh, to the master as, as well as the grandmaster to be the exception. There are people around the country, either watching this live or listening to it in their car on the podcast, that are probably wrecking right now or falling over at the fact that somebody would be rejected or held back on proficiency. But I think there's a lot of us going, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, Well, go ahead. 
you know, we, we, you know, when when we don't do those things, we we get away from tradition, right? And if the brother don't fully understand what it is to be a mason, those duties and responsibilities, those traditions, and he's walking uh, without that understanding, he's doing a disservice to the Masonic order. He's doing a disservice to the particular jurisdiction in which he belongs. Again, I want to put that out there that these are just my opinion, not, you know, not something that's law, but they are my opinion. I just think that uh, uh, we have to get back to tradition. I think we're getting away from it too much. And uh, when we have people out there that don't understand what it is to be a Mason. But and since the name of the show. The name of the show has a historical light, and I think that speaks right to history. I mean, for operative Masons, they're not going to let some young guy who doesn't know how to square up a stone move on up, that doesn't know how to use, you know, a, a hammer or a chisel. They're not going to let him go. He's going to stay there until he figures it out. That, again, my opinion, but from a historical perspective, that makes sense to me. Um. So since we're there now, uh, Grand Lodge of Ohio, again, this is being recorded April 15th, 2022, this past month, had a one-day conferral, a citizen to Master Mason in one day, and they put 700 and some guys through, and that was a small class. There's many other jurisdictions. This is the AF and AM. This is not Prince Hall uh, Masonry there, so let me be very clear there. Because um, everything I've ever seen, this is normally the non-Prince Hall grand jurisdictions that do these one-day classes. What's your guys' thought on these one-day classes, Citizen to Master Mason? I mean, I, just hearing Johnny, I think I'm going to know his opinion already. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when we do that, again, it's a disservice to that particular brother. It's a disservice to the Masonic order as a whole. Uh that brother is not ready to walk out into the world and present himself as a Mason because he don't know anything. He don't understand what it is to become a Mason or be a Mason. There's a certain level of responsibility that you carry. And that's taught you, taught to you along the way through that. You, you, you must make, you must make suitable proficiency. You have to. You know, uh, for for a one day session, that should be unacceptable. Uh, I'm not a great host because I can't even argue that because I, <laughs> I am I'm right there, and I I would guess most of the people watching and listening are right there with you and with me. Uh, so so much for that discussion point. So thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> But it just it just amazes me, and I know sometimes that is those one day classes are driven by a, a pendant or concordant bodies that are wanting to help their membership, or maybe it's a Grand Lodge effort to maybe up the treasury mistakenly. But uh, our past Grand Master, uh, most wishful Michael Stoops, went through our records, and for years we've been saying the retention rate is the same whether you went through the one day class or this all the way in one day or some sort of truncated and that's a hundred percent wrong and there's a nice that's article wrong. in our magazine it's a hundred percent wrong yes sir and 
you talked about our grand secretary, past grandmaster Tracy Bloom, and I'm going to attribute it to him, but he always tells me, Darren, we don't have a membership problem. We've got a retention problem. And I think at least for my opinion of the Grand Lodge of Kansas, AFNAM, we don't do what you just said, Johnny. We don't teach them all those things they need to know to get our hooks into them, to make them want to love and stick around in Blue Lodge, even if they go on to something else, to keep coming back right. to the Blue Lodge. We miss that. And it sounds like yeah. you guys on the in Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Kansas are just getting those hooks in for sure. Well, Darren, I, I, I'll tell you this same story that I, I tell the brothers uh, in, in, in Prince Hall. So there's something that has me sitting here uh, 30 plus years later. So those brothers that came in the organization before me did what they had to do. They showed me what right looks like so that I would have longevity in the order. So they did what they had to do. It was their time to do that. Think about those challenges that those brothers had. Think about the, you know, you know, access to things that, that, that kept them going. They had challenges just like we have challenges right now, yet they did what they had to do. We have brothers sitting around uh, the lodges right now, 30, 40, and 50 years, sitting there waiting to see if we could get back to those traditions. And you'll hear me saying that, traditions. When we get away from the traditions, we lose our membership, right? We don't retain our membership. When we cut corners, we don't retain our membership. So again, those brothers back in the day did what they had to do. Now it's our responsibility to do the same thing, to create that environment, to make those brothers want to stay in the order so that they can carry it on just like we are doing 30 and 40 years later. If we don't do those things, if we don't set the conditions for that, we're going to lose them. That's just what it is. Wow. Deputy Grandmaster, I mean, I know he said it great, but what do you think? I concur with what he said. I can't change a word out of his mouth. Um, you have to you have to set up, you know, put it in inside of them. If you it, like a microwave, if you get them in, you get them out. But if you uh, put some instruction into them, they know how to serve and keep going. Wow. Wow. It, it, you know, for, for me, it just I don't want to say it seems mind blowing because that is such an obvious concept. Yet there are so many brothers who, my opinion, don't get that. And they just want to get him on the Master Mason payroll. And then we wonder why they don't come back. But right. we, we need to go back. How many of us are going to go back and capture this video and just get that soundbite of Johnny saying that and play it over and over in our lodge for Masonic education? If you need the clip, just get a hold of me or Alex, and I'll give it to your lodge because that was spot on, brother. Spot on. So thank you for that. Oh, wow. I, I do also want to mention uh, a couple other items that occurred uh, over the past few years after that uh, capital dedication. Just 
so other people know we weren't a one and done and we're not a one and done uh covid kind of put a, a shot on get togethers after that capital dedication i tell you what the passions were running high i know before us we'd done multiple dedications and i know looking back through the history books right after we did the compact that got us working together officially there was a dedication over in yates center kansas podunkville and no offense to the brothers uh <laughs> got a great lodge there and uh lodge, lodges all around they're very passionate masons but as kansas goes it's kind of a small town in the middle of nowhere but they did a dedication a cornerstone there and that started a whole bunch of several ones, just like brother jeffrey said he went to and at that dedication shortly thereafter grandmaster althouse was made a member of one of the local lodges and then shortly thereafter one of the kansas grandmasters was made a member of a prince hall lodge just like that because that's the way things work and it's so nice to see more than just mutual recognition the working together and i know brothers from both grand jurisdictions have joined lodges in the other jurisdiction and for those that aren't aware um, i got notes here but i'm going to lose them all but we have a member of emporia lodge and he joined well, I've lost, it's St. John Lodge there in Emporia, Prince Hall affiliation. Uh, worked through the chairs and became master of that lodge. So he's past master Prince Hall. This year he was appointed as Grand Senior Deacon, which is traditionally uh, the start of the progressive lining on the AFM side. So in a few years, by the will and pleasure of the craft, we will have a Prince Hall Mason as Grand Master AFM so i expect a lot more historic things to happen uh, uh for those watching uh the brother is not uh he's a white man um so whatever that means means nothing but to me it's wonderful because in some places that would never ever happen so <sighs> sorry i just i, I it, these things make me so proud uh, oh, and I get off track. This is why Alex doesn't like to have me host a show. We had a, in 2016, so we did, in March, we had the Capitol. And then that following year, in the fall, there was a, I don't want to call it a, a joint raising, because it was a dual raising. Both Grand Lodges got together and raised a brother from each Grand Jurisdiction. And that Lodge Hall up in North Kansas City was packed. Uh, we had a, a great meal, and the degree work was flawless. Again, some confusion from the AF and M brothers, and then from the Prince Hall brothers going, "Why aren't you doing the the stuff we can't talk about here?" So, always enjoyable to see that confusion uh, in degree work, and we can all laugh about it. And then the following year, we had a a table lodge together. Uh, in emporia in that big lodge hall and again it was great because there was no sides everybody was intermingled i mean we were one grand lodge of kansas on all those and and that's where i screwed up at but nobody knew because me and tony we was <laughs> <laughs> we was going at it and uh i had a part he had a part and i took over his part and we just laughed 
He said, since you took my part, I'm going to take your part. <laughs> Nobody knew we had a good time. Uh, so with that, I know it's about 10 minutes till the top of the hour. And at, right at 9 o'clock, we're going to have a toast. And at that table lodge, they made commemorative cannons. And I'd like to say that Johnny and I have our commemorative cannons, but yeah. I think we gave them away to worthy brothers who couldn't be there. But uh, Jeff, did you say you had your cannon still? Oh, <laughs> yes, looky sir. there. Looky yes, there. Look at that guy hogging his cannon. <laughs> I looked and looked and looked, and I do recall what happened to mine. Uh, sometimes in my role, I get to be behind the scenes uh, and see what, what grandmasters do when nobody's looking. And Grandmaster Coleman and Presley, they started the table lodge early and were there late. And I ended up collecting some empty soldiers and had them autographed. And then I put them together, and I'm going to say with my cannon like that, and we auctioned it off for charity. Uh, but seeing those two Grandmasters, again... I can't speak anything because I do value my membership in the craft, but they were like high school best friends. You'd have never known uh, that we were from separate jurisdictions. And of course, I guess maybe I make a big deal of that because I, it's like, I keep expecting there to be differences and yeah. I'm just, I'm always shocked when there there's not. Cause was that grandmaster Presley at the time? <laughs> it was, it yeah, was That's what I thought. Uh, and it could be the fact that they're both cops. I don't know. I mean, a little known fact. That's what uh, it is. <laughs> double, double brothers. Uh, yeah. And it just, I'm just always amazed because I hear all this nonsense from other places that they don't get along. And every time I see somebody, it's like, you know, we're high school friends. And actually we are, I yeah. think. Yeah. And that's why for tonight, you know, I've got you guys here uh, because every time I see you, you give me that great feeling. And it's nice to know that I'm catching up with you guys in my follicle challenged uh, <laughs> life. But uh, so I do have a question for both of you. And I struggled with this when I was new because my first event, I saw uh, Larry Coleman there and he was the one of the grand wardens that I was trying to figure out when he'd be grand master. And he was trying to explain to me that it doesn't work that way, Darren. It doesn't work that way. We don't have a progressive line. And on the AF&M side, it traditionally progresses grand senior deacon, junior warden, senior warden, deputy grand, and grand master. But on Prince Hall, Kansas, it's actually, I don't want to say competitive, but it's a true election every year. Is that is that it's how you would? A, it's a phrase true it? election. It's a true election. Um, I I wish we had something smooth um, as um, the AF and AM, but um, we do have a true election. So um, it's uh, in our constitution and bylaws that our grandmaster can serve two to three, well, up to three years. And those don't have to be consecutive. They because you we've had some that have been one, then out, and then come back, right? We sure, sure have, yes, sir. 
And I did see you bite your lip, Jeffrey, because I know there's been some <laughs> interesting elections, uh, as I recall. Yes, you've um, been there. You've been there. <laughs> so. Hey, Darren, I would like to share yes. one with you. Yes. Uh, at the time, Jeff and I were running against each other for, uh, I think it was Grand Orator. And uh, who was the past grand, your past grandmaster that liked to smoke the cigars? Oh, Lynn Byer. The Lynn Byer. Byers. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so Lynn and I, Lynn attended our session at the time we were having the elections. And uh, Lynn sat right next to me. So the election started. Both Jeff and I were running against each other. Uh, Jeff 10, Jeff 11, Johnny 2, Johnny 3. We were getting close to the end of it, right? Lynn looked at me and said, uh, well, Johnny, I, I don't think you're going to make it. I was like, Lynn, I can count, man. You know? <laughs> I, I'll never forget that, man. So... <laughs> So every wow. time you see, every time you see me, man, we just start laughing at each other because because of that moment. So me and I, I can count, man. I don't need your help, you know. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, that was pretty so, funny. Appreciate that. So. How does a person plan to be, I mean, if you're running for grandmaster or whatever office, I mean, how do you, do you plan for that? I mean, because I mean, if there's no, in my mind, continuity of plan or anything, or because everybody's may have their plan, if they're, yeah, how does so, that work? So most, so, so most grandmasters try to, uh, if you don't mind, I would like to say a few words. Yes, sir. So, so most grandmasters try to create uh, what we call a uh, uh, like a three to five year strategic plan. And he tries to get the line, uh, the rest of the line to buy in on that strategic plan so that, you know, if anything happens, everybody understand what happens next in that strategic plan. So over those three or four years, three to five years, we know what's, what's going on. So I'm trying to think how to phrase this because Grandmaster Winbush is on his second term or is he on his third term right now? Second. Second term. So presuming that he will run for a third term, I would presume that – so, Johnny, will you run for Deputy Grandmaster and or do you guys – I mean, I'm not trying to put you on your spot, but I'm just, you guys plan to just freeze in place for one year, one more year behind Grandmaster Winbush? Amongst the brothers that we have in line right now, we have a lot of respect for each other. And so we respect uh, the person in front of us wishes. So if he wished to stay there, then we'll just uh, stay in place until such time as he, as he moves on. That seems so simple. I don't know how other jurisdictions don't get that. I'm just amazed. There's some jurisdictions where that is just a brother wants it and he just 
the heck with the guy ahead of him. And they make it, and then brothers do not like each other. Wow. But there's also a secret part of me that wants to have Lynn Byer there to watch you run against him, Johnny, just yeah. to see if you can get him back. Just, just saying. Lynn, Lynn is not invited anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is brotherly love yeah. all the way around. Oh, so... Well, we are coming up. We got about three minutes to the top of the hour. So, for those uh, watching live or even on the rewatch or on the podcast, make sure you get a beverage uh, of choice. You don't have to have a fancy cannon like some of us, uh, Deputy Grand. Yeah. Have yeah. something ready. But, um, top of the hour, we're going to ask the Deputy Grand Master to lead us all in a toast. And that's something that uh, the Grand Lodge of England used to do for absent brethren or, or missing brethren. And Alex continued that during COVID and kind of started in, at least in my opinion, he started it and it caught on nationwide doing a, a nine o'clock toast every night during COVID when we couldn't meet at all. And he's continued that on the show. So I thought we'd continue that. I haven't done anything else he does on the show. Um, yeah. But, but, but we'll do that, of course, because I think that is most appropriate. Um, Several years ago, uh, I mentioned we had a Midwest conference of, of Grand Lodges, and we'd invited uh, Grandmaster Winbush to speak. Well, Grandmaster Coleman, who threw Mr. Winbush, or Grandmaster Winbush on the bus. But coming up at the Masonicon, Kansas, um, that's a plug to go register. There's still 35 spots left. Uh, right Wishful Jonte Gold is going to be one of the speakers, and I believe he's going to be speaking on Prince Hall Masonry there and that doesn't seem to happen a lot at these Masonicon things that a prince hall brother gets invited to that i'm not sure why and that's a call out to everybody if you're not let's get get on that please but i'd encourage everybody to go look at that Masonicon kansas and look at the speaker lineup and get to that and we need this integration there uh more and more and more there's brothers flying in from all over the country uh, to come be a part of this. And we need to show them what Kansas is all about. So Absolutely. that's my plug again for Kansas Masonicon and the unity that we can have from brothers all over the country. And we are at the top of the hour. And right, wishful uh, brother, Deputy Grandmaster, I would ask that you'd lead us uh, in tonight's toast. Tonight's toast. <clears throat> we need to send this all the way down south. Uh, because we need to continue to spread brotherly love, relief, and truth for these Georgia brothers who just came together. And for us Kansas Masons, we continue to be together as one. Um, we need to continue to do things for the community and be true to our hearts of what we are doing. This here is to brotherly love, relief, and truth. Here, here. Here, here. Here, here. I, le I learned that down from down in Emporia. Well, but whose part was it? Was it yours or was it Tony's? We'll never know. We'll it, was, ne it, was it was Tony's. We'll never know. <laughs> well, brothers, I, I do thank you for coming on this evening. Uh, I have talked with uh, Grandmaster Winbush and Grandmaster Johnson. I know they have plans for uh, get together this year. Uh, neither one's revealing their plans. 
Um, so I'm looking forward to great things, whether it's just a picnic or some big fancy event that maybe Johnny and I can get a shot glass at or firing cannon. Jeffrey, yeah. just saying. Just saying. <laughs> but, brothers, I, we could probably talk for two or three more hours. And what's interesting is, uh, Jeffrey, when I talked to you on the phone the other day, you said, I can only go about 15 minutes, Darren. And here we are. <laughs> that hour just flew by for us anyway the listeners may still be oh my gosh are they done yet hmm. but i hope they can hear the true emotion and passion in our voices and that's what brotherhood is all about and the next time alex is gone i expect the three of us will get back together hopefully alex will have you on himself and we can just run over him uh, together <laughs> hey <laughs> that's, that's what we'll do uh, but brothers, I have had a great, uh, show with you this evening and, you know, I don't know how to say thank you, uh, you know, other than just saying thank you. Cause you guys mean the world to me and you guys have taught me so much, uh, just in, by doing so many little th things, uh, the things that you did for me on, on the Capitol building that Jeffrey given me that guidance, um, that basically don't worry about that kind of stuff because it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And for Johnny going above and beyond doing all that stuff and getting that cornerstone up there from wherever you made it from. And it is guys like you that make guys like me and those people listening want to join Freemasonry, stay in Freemasonry and be like you. And that's what we strive to be, is to be guys like you. So, brothers, again, thank you very much, and I will see you soon.